0: Coach Taku, making anime your new life coach.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Coach Taku. I'm really excited today because we're talking about one of my all-time favorite animes. You guessed it, Sailor Moon. Yes, the OG, Sailor Moon. And uh, if you haven't watched it, don't know anything about Sailor Moon. Well, one, you should because it's my favorite and also it's pretty good. And two, it's a beautiful story about like it has magic and romance and saving the world. and. It's a really good feel-good and also, like, has some really deep themes in it. So, Christina, you want to give us a quick synopsis of what it is, the storyline?
0: Sure thing. So I think going off what you just said, Mary, if you somehow don't know what Sailor Moon is, I don't know what planet you're from, because I would argue it originated the magical girl as a genre. Uh, But it follows the main character, who in Japan is Usagi, But growing up in North America, I knew her as Serena, who's a regular middle school aged girl who one day uh, finds a talking cat who gives her magical powers and the ability to transform through the power of the moon. And the reason that she needs to be able to do this is sure enough, there are invaders on the earth looking to take it over, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, It's really like the genre that starts girls that look beautiful and start kicking ass And so you see her collect other Sailor Scouts that also have the powers of the different planets, and you watch their adventures from there. I think the other thing I want to underscore about Sailor Moon is there's the OG series that I think originally aired in the 90s, maybe even the late 80s. Oh God, that makes me sound old. Um, And recently, in the last two years, they came out with Sailor Moon Crystal, which was a new adaptation. For this episode, we're going to be talking about the OG series. I liked Crystal, wasn't my favorite. Uh, we're going to stick with the OG. And the other disclaimer is like I said, Mary and I both watched this in North America, so we may occasionally drop the North American dub names. I'm going to try to remember everyone's Japanese names, but no promises. Woohoo! <laughs> So, and the conversation
1: around coaching that we want to have with Sailor Moon is around commitment and what that means from a coaching perspective. So I know that the word commitment probably strikes up a lot of feelings and thoughts for the audience, but when we're talking about it from a coaching lens, it's like consider that we all have commitments all the time. We're always committed to something. And maybe the best way to illustrate this is to give an example. So you might be committed to working, right? And that's the the, the stated commitment. And then we're also going to talk about maybe the, the commitments that we have that we maybe don't say so much. So like you might be committed to working, but you might also be committed to sleeping in. So which is the higher stated commitment and which is the understated commitment here? And sometimes, as we'll see in this anime, we'll talk about it in a little bit, um, they can be opposing. And that's what makes an interesting conversation is when you're not aware of what your stated commitments are versus your non-stated commitments.
0: And Christina, anything to add? I think the, the only other thing to add is, you know, from a coaching lens, I think oftentimes we relate to commitment as things we're supposed to do. Like I work, I sing, I teach, I serve other people. And for the point of this conversation, consider that commitment is also like, like there are commitments that are that are bigger than what you do. So for example, like being committed to a loving relationship with your spouse or being committed to expressing yourself artistically out in the world. And it's I think it's a useful place to look because oftentimes what gets in the way of those higher stated commitments are the unstated ones that Mary's pointing to. I have a a stated commitment to loving my husband, but I have an unstated commitment to always being right and being judgmental when we argue. So <laughs> so I just want to underscore that. Um, but you, you had hinted at it earlier, Mary. What do you think makes Sailor Moon such a great series to use to talk about commitment? You know, Christina, I think I, what I love, one of the things I love about the series is that
1: Sailor Moon, Usagi, actually starts out as a 14-year-old in the series or in her early, in her pre teens and here's this young girl who's all about school and romance and friends and then all of a sudden she's told by a talking cat hey you're here to save the world and you're actually the princess of the moon and it's your job to save the universe from evil and it's like well what you know and and here comes like and this is where we can see that state of commitment it's like well there's the commitment for sailor moon in saving the universe and protecting the world but then there's this other side that's like I just want to be a teen girl and I just want to have friends and fall in love and go to the arcade and play
0: yeah um you know to be honest with you if you're someone who has heard amazing things about Sailor Moon and then you go to watch it for the first time you might actually end up a little disappointed because to your point Mary at the start of the series Usagi is a complete and total crybaby like even though she's given the these powers and she's this magical girl with a great tiara that she can throw at enemies to vanquish them she spends most of her time whining about it like whenever monsters appear her first thought is like uh why me i don't i don't want to do this like she'll cry while she's in battle she's a she's a middle school girl and i think it brings up this other concept that i want to start to introduce which is the idea that like we often create competing commitments for ourselves. And so in Usagi's case, you may consider it's really hard to have your commitment to being a middle school girl who just wants to fall in love and, and have a boyfriend and flirt and feel cute when you also have a commitment to, you know, stopping aliens from invading the planet and protecting it with your moon powers. Like the, you don't tend to have time for both of those things <laughs> in your calendar. Um, so, Mary, how do you feel Sailor Moon exemplifies kind of reconciling com- competing commitments? So I think the moment that I, it
1: happened for, that I saw the shift in her was actually in an episode that starts off. And I think it's called The Reluctant Princess, which is like so perfect because here's this magical girl who is kind of like, I really don't want the magical powers. I just want to be normal. But it's actually when love her many lives, um, Mamuru chan, Mamuchan, he is kidnapped by the evil queen. And she's she remembers, she recalls all her um all her past and says, Well, this is how I can protect the people that I love is actually by embracing this this power, this magic in me. Like this power actually gives me the ability to be someone different and to save the world and to protect the life that I want to create for myself and my friends and have the romance. What about you, Christina?
0: Well, I think what you just said really, really sticks the landing, so to speak. You know, earlier I mentioned that oftentimes we relate to commitments as things we're supposed to do rather than relate to them as like higher concepts. And so for Usagi, when it's the stuff to do, like go and fight monsters versus go and be a middle school girl. It's hard to find the, the middle ground between those two things. They seem very different. It seems like they can't coexist. However, when you look at what makes Usagi such an important protagonist, which is ultimately how much she loves people. She loves Momo-chan, but you know, she loves the other scouts. She loves Luna. She loves her family. Like she, she loves people. That's what's so tender about her is her heart. And I think it's this moment where she realizes that ultimately what, ha- what being a sailor scout and being a, a middle school girl have in common is that commitment to love, that she's able to actually use her love to fight for others and to save the planet.
1: And I think that's really cool, Christina, because when we think about our own commitments and competing commitments, it's like, it's always, I always ask my question, the questions myself, is like, what's the highest commitment? Like, what is actually, you know, what actually encompasses all of this? Because oftentimes, like, if it's love or joy, you know, or peace, then that's a really high commitment. And from there, it's so easy to create and be. And then, and it, and then it takes away all the hard work. It takes away all the guesswork when your commitment is love.
0: Love conquers all. There's a reason it's a cliche after all. Ooh, that rhymed. I'm killing it. So, you know, we've spent a lot of time on Usagi as a character. I'm curious, Mary, what are, like, what are some of the other scouts or characters in the series that you notice play in this realm of relating to their commitments in different ways? Well, it's interesting, Christina,
1: because I think all of them have their individual commitments. I think they're all committed to love. In some sh- in as the highest commitment in some way, but each scout representing each planet has their own commitment, and it's cool because they often have like the their own little way of expressing that, whether it's through their their specific ability or the way that they just go around. And I think uh, with the with the first, like with the original scouts that kind of form Sailor Moon's world in the first season you have this really different relationships where you can see them still as young girls, as teenagers in the world, and also as these magical girls who are out protecting the world. But it becomes a little bit different when you look at the outer senshi or the outer scouts because you see a different dynamic there. And Christina, I would love if you can jump in and talk more about that.
0: Yay! Okay, so a quick shout out because the characters we're about to talk about were probably like the characters that gave me my own sexual awakening as a child. So I'm super grateful for their existence, even if the North American dub tried to knock them off as cousins. Uh, That's right. I'm talking about Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune. And so in particular, I think what's amazing about uh, Haruka and Michiru, which are their actual names when they're not scouts, is they represent taking commitment to the extreme. And in other words, like they, they're martyrs for the cause. As soon as they come in, you actually see that they relate to their mission as scouts as more important than their lives as regular human girls. And it's interesting because even though they're maybe two or three years older than the other scouts, you would think they're like full-blown adults with the level of responsibility and maturity and drive that they have to fulfill on their mission of ensuring that, you know, Sailor Saturn isn't awakened and blows up the planet. And while that makes them badasses, what you also see is it doesn't leave a lot of room for possibility for them. And you actually see the way that despite the fact that they love each other, how ultimately they're even willing to sacrifice each other and the love that they have to see the mission through. And talk about a win lose situation. Um, you know, we were talking about competing commitments, and I think uh, Uranus and Neptune, at least as they start their arc, you see that competition. You see that they don't want to be too attached to Usagi or the other scouts because they're so driven by making sure the world doesn't end. Christina,
1: I'm curious. What do you think? What do you think the difference is? Like, where is the middle ground? I like, guess someone listening to this who knows nothing of coaching, what, what's, should I be on the super committed Uranus or should I be on the Sailor Moon competing commitments kind of thing? Like, what's the happy middle? Ooh,
0: that's a doozy of a question. Um, I think the disclaimer is that it would definitely, I think it's different for everyone. But what I always like to tell my clients is, you know, if it's working for you. And what I would assert is if you follow Haruka and Michiru, they always occur as lonely. Like even when they have each other, they occur as lonely. Whenever they're on the screen, the music gets more dramatic. You know, they're, they're isolated. They don't really connect with other people. You know, the, you see the way that Haruka will flirt with Usagi, but never get too close. And what I would assert is that that loneliness isn't actually how they want to live their lives. It's a sign of how they're martyring themselves for their cause. Versus as an example, I think um, uh, Minako, Sailor Venus, really exemplifies being just as committed and being a leader about her commitments but still getting to enjoy her life. Like She knows how to navigate and lead the rest of the scouts. But she is still in touch with her femininity and her flirtatiousness and her desires. You know, find true love and and be a middle school student at the same time. What do you think, Mary? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think
1: I think for me, when I, in this conversation, it's always like looking back at, at the commitment. What is the highest commitment? Is that really is that really working? Because sometimes you need to fine tune in and check in and say, is this really how I want it to go? Is this really the highest commitment for me? And what does my life look like from this space? And I think, what's, um, I think what I admire about Sailor Moon is her ability to kind of have it all. It's like I can be the teenage girl, I can be the crybaby, and I can also be a badass princess who saves the universe from evil. I can have my friends and I can also go to the arcade. No, it's like, it's not a one and done. It's like, there's a way for me to have all of this, for me to create the possibility. And it it, it takes her, it takes, it does take a process, but she gets there. And I think in her doing that, she also inspires the other scouts to kind of join into the tribe. Because I think that Uranus, Pluto, um, they would have stayed separate if not for Sailor Moon, if not for like seeing her model this in a different way. Yeah,
0: Usagi is like totally a connector, which is why speaking of, you know, if you had caught our uh, episode of Oran High School Host Club, we talked about that we want to continue to do relationship-based episodes. And so, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, they're not covering all of the different romances and relationships in Sailor Moon, what the frick? And you're really passionate about it and you want our next relationship episode to be on this series, please leave us a comment or shoot us an email because if you couldn't tell, we would happily deliver on all things uh, magical girl content based. Um, but now that I've gotten that shout out out of the way, uh, Mary, I'm curious. If we were playing ideal coaching client, you have. The entire lineup in front of you, Venus all the way to Pluto. Who would you coach in the realm of commitment, and why?
1: You know, Christina, the first, the first person that came to mind, the first character was actually Mamo Chan. <laughs> I was like, I would love to coach him, <laughs> and I think um, definitely, like in the first third of the season, he definitely has competing interests. He's not even he's after one thing, but he's not even sure why he wants it. And I think my conversation, my coaching conversation with Mama Chan is like really more about him and the thing that he wants to create in all of this. Because oftentimes he's just like he almost is um, a victim to his circumstances quite often. And I'd love to have a conversation with him around like what is the commitment and how can you actually create that intentionally go out and proactively create it for yourself instead of just being a victim all the time and then having Sailor Moon needs to come into your rescue.
0: What about you, Christina? Oh, poor Mamo Chan. I will say, sorry, I know I knocked Sailor Moon Crystal earlier, but if you want Momo Chan to seem slightly more useful, I do recommend watching it. I do feel like they gave him a little more oomph and muscle power in that reboot, and that's where I will give them some credit. Uh, but going back to your question around who I would coach, ooh, do I? Can I cheat? I'm going to cheat. I would love to create a group coaching program, <laughs> but he, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. So, you're like Mary, you hinted at this earlier, but something that I love about the scouts is whenever they show up on screen and they've transformed and they're doing their fun hand gestures. They all say that they're doing it for love, but there's always like that other piece, like love and wisdom, love and power, love and passion. Like they all have this essence or this flavor that they're committed to. But what I notice about it sometimes is like they don't, they don't always groove that well. Like I think there's a, a balance between being on a team that's united against a common cause co- or for a common cause and still having your own like uniquely expressed individuality. And I think sometimes what happens is the other sailor scouts make it their mission to protect Usagi because she is the moon princess. And I think there's an opportunity to relate to themselves as princesses. Like if their mission was the most important, if they were capable of using the imperial silver crystal, how would they want to lead the team? What's the thing that would matter to them? So I know it sounds like a cop-out, but I do love coaching teams. And I think that this would be an amazing team to coach in how do you balance the commitment of a united front and the commitment to your own individual expression? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And just,
1: just to be clear, I love Momo Chan. He's my favorite. He's one of my favorites, you know? Um, But I do, I think there is work there to be done from a coaching perspective as well. And Yeah, so last question. Christina, I have a fun out-of-the-box question for you. Which character
0: do you most relate to and why? Oh, hands down, Sailor Jupiter. Uh, This is a no-brainer for me. Um, (laughs) You know, we have so much in common. First of all, I think it was like one of the first animated cartoon characters I ever saw that had wavy brown hair. And if you somehow have never seen me, I have crazy curly brown hair. So immediately I was in love with her. I was also in love with her because she was the green and pink one, which were my two favorite colors. But, you know, even as an adult, I think the reason I still relate to her the most is that, you know, her whole backstory is that she's always been incredibly strong. And as such, people have been scared of her. Like they're actually scared of how openly she owns her power. And a lot of her journeys around learning how to be open to receiving and letting people see her as like the feminine young girl that she actually is who wants love and wants affection, even though she tells herself she doesn't. So I just really relate to that entire uh, backstory, if you will. I relate to the tragedy of it. <laughs> How about you, Mary? Which, which character are you?
1: Um, hmm. I kind of go back and forth between Sailor Moon and Sailor Mars. And Sailor Moon, mostly because as a child, I just admired her so much. I love the way that she was so easily able to connect to other people. And I think that now, if you ask me, I'm probably more of a connector in many ways than, than I was. Um, but Sailor Mars, I think, brings a really specific power. She has like this um, almost motherly energy where she's taking care of the team, but she's really strong. And she also... Uh, she's very fiery. Like she doesn't take no for an answer. and She doesn't back down. And those are qualities that I think I have myself and also combined with all that love, you know, there's like the fight, but there's also the heart and the love in it. And I think that's, I relate to that on many different levels. Oh uh, yeah. I totally see
0: you as a sailor Mars. <laughs> um, So believe it or not, somehow with all of the Sailor Moon fangirling, we are nearing the end of the episode. Um, But right now I want to give a shout out if none of you, if somehow you're listening to this and you haven't seen the announcement already, there is a new Sailor Moon movie coming out this winter. I have no idea when it will be available in North America, if they're going to offer different streaming services, but I think we should do a watch party. If you're into that or if you want to watch Mary and I live reaction of watching this film after loving this show for several decades, feel free to let us know by leaving a comment and liking, you know, all the posts that we make about this episode on our Instagram. And as
1: Christina mentioned earlier, Sailor Moon is such a... It's like there's so much in Sailor Moon. So if there's something else that you want us to touch upon, whether it's relationships or... Anything else that happens in this world, please let us know. We could go on about Sailor Mood forever and we'd love to hear your feedback on it.
0: Yeah, so once again, thanks for tuning in and listening to us rave about magical girls. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't already, leave us some comments and ratings, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show
1: you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach CoachTakuPod, C O H C H T A C U P O D, or email us
0: at coachtakupod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at Roar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at Raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.